Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Alan Cumming, and welcome to my shelves. My shelves are sort of a museum of my life. I like to keep things from my travels that are, to me anyway, the very essence of the experiences I've had. Sort of portals, if you will, to a specific time and place. And the inspiration for stories and memories and musings. Here's my Obama wobbly head that I got at the uh, Denver Democratic Convention when he um, spoke and said he would want to become the president. Here's my actual Etch-A-Sketch, my magic Etch-A-Sketch from my childhood. It still works. And today I'm talking to Caroline Thompson. The interviewer was totally charmed by the movie Bless His Heart and um, waxed lyrical about its lyrical qualities and then was mystified that someone as evil as yourself would have been the voice of Black <laughs> <laughs> Caroline Thompson is a screenwriter, a director, a producer, a novelist. Her many screenplays include The Secret Garden, Homeward Bound, The Addams Family, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Corpse Bride, Edward Scissorhands. In fact, she adapted the screenplay of Edward Scissorhands into a stage piece with one of my other guests on Alan Cumming Shelves, Sir Matthew Bourne. I have been in two of Caroline's films, Buddy, with Rene Russo and a bunch of chimpanzees, but we first met when I appeared in her film Black Beauty back in 1994. Now, actually, technically, I didn't appear in Black Beauty, just my voice appeared because I actually voiced the eponymous horse. That's right. Since then, we have stayed firm friends, had many, many laughs together, and also we share a vocation. We like to liberate things from hotels. And in fact, the item that we're talking about today from my shelves is one such item. Caroline, this butter dish is a, a, a very great memento of a magical trip we took. And I believe you have a matching butter dish in your possession too. Of course I do. It was the favourite holiday of all time. It was the best. It was so great, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the catchphrase the, ca- the catchphrase and the sort of justification for us both having I do. Would you dish? like me to tell it to you? Yes, please. It's so small, it must have been meant as a gift. and that probably would have count if we hadn't been if we'd been on the ground floor we might have even taken the sofa and called it it's (laughs) oh well we i remember we we actually had a conversation with my brother we went to that place in in leith that sort of uh whiskey whiskey society place and met my brother 
when he was living in Edinburgh, and we actually, we actually, took, I mean, almost seriously talked about the possibility of him driving a van up and sort of backing a van up to the window. <laughs> so we could get a chair out. But it was like we were like too high up. I think this is hilarious. This shows kind of like just all the things I've stolen over the years. But, <laughs> but well, it was we, such a great trip. Yeah, we stole a lot on that trip, not just the butter dish. I know. What else? Do you remember calling down to the... Well, first of all, we had a, a giant suite and ordered yes. room service in the sort of conference yes. room of the suite so that you, we would get the tray and the um, <laughs> and all the dishes. And, yes. and so, and you, I think you bought, I think you even bought a new suitcase so you could take all that stuff home. <laughs> and um, but do you remember calling down to the front desk and asking if they had cello tape or scotch tape as we know? Yes, yeah, so we could wrap up, wrap up our stolen pervy. Well, so you could, so you could, it was so you could um, keep the decanter top on firmly <sighs> of the crystal li- whiskey decanter. So the whiskey right. wouldn't slosh out while it was en route. Of course, we had emptied our decanter, so we didn't. <laughs> you did. Oh my god, it was so good. I think it's a really interesting um, thing because that trip was sort of like sort of a surprise, wasn't it? I mean, the whole point of the whole reason we went on this trip was because your assistant had found some traveler's checks or something like that, wasn't it, that, that you didn't remember? Well, so the, the trip started because we were going to Glasgow to Elmer Bernstein's <laughs> 75th birthday party celebration there where the Glasgow yes. Symphony was playing a the, medley yeah, the, of the, the scores. The National Orchestra of Scotland oh, was doing an go. evening of his things, yeah. Indeed. And... Um, we had just done Buddy, and he had just scored it, so he invited us to come join him. And I yes. don't know if you remember sitting in the dining room of... Uh, oh, I do. Of <laughs> hearing this, we were sitting, like, having a quiet cup of tea, hearing the sounds of a party, a raucous party going on down below. And we saw people coming up and thought, oh, that's blah, blah. Oh, that's blah, blah. And then we realised that they were all downstairs having... and. Uh, you, you. This is the greatest quote. Okay. I said, "What's going on?" He said, "Well, obviously they're having a party, and obviously we've not been invited." <laughs> <laughs> Which was really rude of them. I mean, the only reason we were there was because of Elmer. And yes. It was his agent, who I knew quite well, who was also there, who was throwing this party. It was, and I can remember. So when when said agent passed by our table, we were like, oh, hello, hello. And then yes. I remember going to the room where they were having the party and opening the door and looking down the stairs into the banquet room and everybody waving and saying, hello, hello. And <laughs> still we weren't invited to join them. <laughs> we had our own party. Yes, we did indeed. Which brings me to the next phase of that evening, which we went to the bar. Do you remember this? Yes, yes, of course. It was empty. You and I went behind the bar. I grabbed, oh, I don't remember this bit. Oh, okay, all right, this is the best bit. I grabbed a bottle of, <laughs> I don't know, I think it was Glen Morangi and stuffed it down my trousers. And you were <laughs> perusing the vodkas and finally picked the, your vodka of choice and were ju- was just you were just stuffing it down your trousers when in walked the barman. <laughs> And asked you what you were doing. <laughs> you said something to the effect that was like, "Oh, I was just trying to see how it fit," or I don't know what. 
so I was I like, to... oh, surely could talk my way out of this one. <laughs> you didn't. You put the you sheepishly put the bottle back on the bar. <laughs> God, um, I think it's okay to steal things from hotels like that, though. I mean, maybe not bottles of booze, but like bowls and plates and things. I think and towels. I think it's fair enough. Ashtrays. I think they sort of expect it. Yeah, I'm ashtrays. Not sure about the crystal that sort of decanters. Stuff. The crystal decanter was maybe taking it a little too far, but oh, are you ashamed now? No, 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 no. This was no. The... I'm not ashamed. This was no. I'm not ashamed. No. This was the most. I'm, 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 I'm talking about it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you're you're seeming to wind it back, and I'm. I'm it no, was... I mean, I'm just thinking it's maybe uh, you know maybe I wouldn't do it again, but uh, uh, but no, I was so. But it was also something about this. It was like a thrilling challenge. It was sort of like we were on this. Uh, we were like we were like Bonnie and Clyde. Yes, so on a sort of. I remember at the at the what was the name of the hotel in Edinburgh? The Balmoral. The Balmoral, yeah. So I remember. We yeah, had, and you obviously had, you'd spent a whack of cash. Oh on yes, this, my, on this. My these assistant rooms. had found like I don't know five grand worth of travelers checks. I didn't realize I had spoiled. I time. think it was ten. My favorite bit about uh, staying there was we went into the to have dinner, and the uh, sommelier oh, yes. was called Johnny Walker, which was just fabulous, like a sommelier named after a brand of whiskey. And uh, we were we had this delicious dinner, I remember. <clears throat> and at the end, we we were having dessert wines, and he and we asked him uh, to to advise us on the and he was this little short. He looked like sort a jockey of, almost. He was tiny. Yes, he was. He was like a little jockey. Maybe, was he a ginger? I think he might have been a ginger. I think he might have been and a ginger, he, yeah. And he was just a little sweetheart. And and we asked him about the, the dessert wine menu. And he went, oh, that's a weird wee grape. And I said, I'm having it. <laughs> and it was from Oregon. Him. Do you remember? It was an American dessert. Oregon, yes. And he, and we, Oregon. And, and he told us the story of traveling America looking for wee wee grapes. Totally fascinating. And totally remember, fascinating. they used to make it, him take the whiskey tours because of his name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it must be the, the bane of your life to be called, like, if your name's Jack Daniels or something. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It must be awful. And he could have called himself so, Jack Walker. I mean, he could have he could have wiggled his way around. Yeah. So, yeah, he could have called John Walker. Yeah. If he said John Walker, you wouldn't have thought, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, so, so the the the... So the reason for the trip was uh, that you you well you had made this film you had written and directed this film which I was in called Buddy and we shot that in Los Angeles undervalued piece of work totally a lost gem a ladies and gentlemen gem. please Indeed. is it available to stream in anywhere right now do you know I don't know but I imagine on Prime you can find everything so I'm sure yes Buddy uh, which was a Buddy, and it was about um, a gorilla named Buddy, and uh, uh, Rene Russo played this lady set in the 1920s, and she lived in Long Island, and she had all these animals, wild animals, and I was her assistant, Dick, and I uh, looked after her animals, and especially her chimps, I was the chimp man, so what was so fantastic for me was that I was... uh, when I was shooting the film before I did before that was Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion and went and during my gaps on that I, I would uh, go out to this place in the desert and just basically let chimps crawl all over me and cuddle me because I had to get used to these four chimps five actually chimps that I was going to have to work with in this film it was such 
such fun. I just loved it so much and just spending all these days out there. The wackadoo part of the story is that Rene Russo's character raised these chimps and this gorilla as if they were her own children. Yes, yes. Uh, which, when Buddy the gorilla hits adolescence, has predictable consequences. That's right, because um, she takes him to the World Fair in Chicago, isn't it? And uh, he goes nuts. He goes I mean, nuts and marauds his everywhere. And his hormones. hormones. His hormones kicked in, yeah. <laughs> it's such a beautiful film. And, and he's... And actually, you know, what was amazing was it was the... the, the so the... The chimps were real chimps, but the gorillas were all animatronic gorillas with three different people of different sizes uh, as Buddy grew older. And it was that was just extraordinary. It was the Muppet people who made uh, the, 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 the animatronic thing. Absolutely incredible. Um, and um, so, you know, it doesn't end well, really. But how did you find that story? Um, they sent it to me from Sony. Or was it Columbia oh. at the time? No, it was Sony at the time. They sent it to me after Black Beauty. I became Animal Girl, you see. <laughs> <laughs> but you are Animal Girl, Exactly. You? But I mean, you, I became yeah. public. I, I came out as Animal Girl. <laughs> I guess we should say how we met. So I was the voice of Black Beauty. I am, I am beauty, or I was beauty, I suppose. Oh, you're still beauty, in the past my darling. <laughs> I wasn't fishing. But Forever. I was. Oh, you were uh, fishing. <laughs> and so, and so, uh, if you don't know, uh, listeners, Black Beauty is was a book by Anna Sewell, and it's uh, there's been various versions of it. See, there's a new version of it now, and Kate Winslet plays my I, part. I, I Why is she's a girl? I know. Well, Kate they made Winslet's it a mare, up. and they they made it about two girls who lost their mothers. I don't even want to talk about it. I haven't seen it. Like a lesbian horse story. I don't. No, that would be charm. That would be more interesting, probably. Yes. But, yes. but there is our Black Beauty is another underappreciated gem of a film. Yeah, it's a beautiful film. <laughs> and Caroline wrote and directed that and she'd <laughs> shot it. Uh, in 1993, and then so the, she was cutting it in uh, at uh, uh, Pinewood or something. Yeah, Pinewood. And uh, I got a call and had to go and audition to be the voice of the horse, and I got the part. And that's so suddenly there I was. Uh, P.S. In my life at the time, having an absolutely traumatic, crazy time, uh, getting divorced and all sorts, and just bonkers. And I that's when I met you. And this, we had this, I had this. I was shooting a film in Ireland. I went to, over back to London in a gap. Went into the studio and sh- sh- uh, recorded for a couple of days this heartfelt rendition of this horse's life. Oats, oats. Do you remember? Well, you probably don't know why I chose to cast you. Why did you? Yeah, we always wondered, actually. You were just about the most, well, you were far and away the most fun person I I interviewed. And I was so <laughs> exhausted by that time. I just wanted to have fun. And it was the beginning <laughs> of your well-earned <laughs> reputation as the most fun man person in Hollywood. Uh, is that is that right? It was because I was fun rather than you were adorable. my dulcet you were tones. So, no, I, I didn't care if you could act or not. You were just adorable. <laughs> That's so great. And we had so much fun. We had so many laughs and it was what I needed so much. You were a woman directing a big Hollywood film in Britain. Surrounded away by from thousands home. of years of experience in the form of old white men. Yes, yes. Few of whom wanted to really be helpful. <laughs> and but at least you had your horsey people around you. 
I did. Like no, it was a wonderful experience at the end of the day. It was a very, very difficult one. You know, I was directing my first film with absolutely no experience whatsoever. It was bonkers, even to try. How did you get a big studio picture if you never directed anything before? Well, I was cunning. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do, you little fox? Okay, well, so Secret Garden had come out and had done very oh, well. Oh, so which you had, which which you'd had adapted. Written, and it had done very yeah. well, so... Um, the uh, one of the studio executives at Warner's asked me if I would do an adaptation of Black Beauty, and I said only if I could direct it. And they uh-huh. uh, cautiously and reluctantly said yes. Um, then Homeward Bound came out that following February, and which you'd written too, which I had also written, and I had calculated, I had believed that was going to be a giant hit, and I had calculated to turn my draft of the script in literally the the week after the opening weekend of homeward bound homeward bound was a gigantic hit i became like you know how it goes i became like hero du du moment (laughs) and uh uh so boom off we went did black beauty that's so clever i know i told you but you also i mean it wasn't like you were a newbie you'd written uh, Edward Scissorhands and Indeed. I had, Nightmare Before Christmas and things like that. So you were, yeah, you weren't new kid on the block. I wasn't on set very often because either directors don't want writers around much or writers don't want to be around much when they see what's being done to their script. So, so <laughs> right. I'd had both of those experiences and I will not go into details, but um, so I was, you know, I was pretty inexperienced. But I also, you know, right. I, I mean, as you know, I have opinions, so. <laughs> yes, I'll say. <laughs> so, so, so then you, so you head off to London, mm. make this big thing, and you're there for like a year, you're away from home for a year, and you've taken on this mammoth thing, and then all of a sudden I appear at the end of it, and we have fun. Exactly. That, Hilarious. That was my plan. And it worked. And it worked, and we had probably the best preview Warner Brothers had all year we made I mean it was high 90s it was like they were and so so suddenly my cutting room went from one room to a suite and and I got fetid and you know blah 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 and then they released the film um the same summer as Lion King Forrest Gump um something else and they they plunked it down smack dab in the middle of that instead of placing it smartly in the autumn or in the Feb- the great February homeward bound uh, slot. Uh-huh. So it just, it sort of curled up and died. And, and so suddenly I became, I went from being like, you know, queen of, <laughs> of Hollywood to being like another pauper all over again. <laughs> but like, it wasn't that long after that, that you got to make Buddy though. Then. So it kind of been all bad. Well, Buddy was set up before, um, the release of Black Beauty again, cunning. Aha, uh-huh. you see, very good. Survival was something I was actually really good at for until I just decided who needs who wants to survive this. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. And you know, here's what I also want to say about you, my darling, is that all this occurred before Cabaret, before you yes. became like you know the pansexual darling of New York City. Before uh, I had to like shove every twat aside who said, he's my friend, he's my friend, he's my friend. No, he's my friend. I'm like, no, you motherfuckers, he's my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was just little, 
You were just me. a wee little. And so, people, so I did do an interview the other week about Black Beauty, weirdly, um, another podcast. And uh, the uh, interviewer was totally charmed by the movie Bless His Heart and um, waxed lyrical about its lyrical qualities. And then was mystified that someone as evil as yourself <laughs> would have been the voice of Black Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. It was, I had to explain that this was your pre-evil days. <laughs> pre-evil. And also, I introduced an you to, to the Mickey Mouse uh, floral display at the Disney Studios. Do you remember that? Oh, my God. I do remember that. Mm. Yeah. Your first visit wow. to America was on Black Beauty. Uh, that, that's right. Oh, gosh, because I had a hilarious visit to my first visit to America, which I detail in my new memoir uh, <laughs> coming out. Hooray! Is, it, it was the first thing I ever, like I was 30, I think, before I actually set foot in America. Maybe I was 29. But I, and it was to do some looping or some extra lines and, you know, ADR, we call it, uh, on um, on Black Beauty. And it was this, so I was suddenly, you know, my first trip to America, I was going first class to LA to do these things. And nowadays, it's so hilarious, you know, I would just do that in a studio, uh, you know, there's no need for me to go all the way across the world to do it. And um, I mean, I could even do I could probably do it in this room. I'm in now on my phone or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like yes. that's what's so crazy about the way technology well, has changed. Well, we cut Black Beauty on film. Yes. See? I mean, this was, you know, th- I mean, I'm so grateful to have had the experience of doing things the old way and the new way just to you yeah. know, feel what it felt like. Me too. Mm. No, me too. I love that. I, I love that. I know, you know, did quite a lot of films on film before it all kind of changed and just what that, the difference, how that, what that felt like, how it was much more of a test and it was much more, you were very conscious of having to get it right. And, you know, there's much more tension actually. Oh, about I mean, to, to, and, to, when I wanted to enlarge one little section of black beauty, I wanted, I, I was like, Oh no, that shot's way too wide. I want a close up. And we had to send that little bit of film to the lab. I don't know how many thousands and thousands of dollars it cost to enlarge the, yeah. those frames. And now you do it at the press of a button digitally. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Hello and welcome to Out to Lunch with me, Jay Rayner, the podcast in which I take a particularly brilliant famous person to a top restaurant and grill them to a turn. In this latest season, you'll find me having delicious dinners with the likes of Patrick Keelty, David Hare, Nina Conti, Dame Eileen Atkins and Mary Beard and the reliably outrageous Miriam Margulies. Richard E. Grant was on that. He has a, a, an always compulsion to smell whatever's around him. Has he never come and sniffed you? <laughs> Probably wisely. No. <laughs> All that and so much more. So do join me. Out to Lunch with Jay Rayner. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So I got on the plane uh, and I was just so excited. And it was in the, uh, still in the midst of this, you know, traumatic torpor time in my life. Suddenly was just leaving my life, going on the site for like four or five days, got on the plane and uh, traveled posh for the first time ever. And was just thinking, what is going on? I, I remember just the, like it was in the days on Virgin Upper Class where they would give you like a, a manicure or... A, a, or like a hand massage or a back massage you know you could get the, all these things and I was just I got you know I was just drinking this delicious wine and having this meal and we're flying across the Atlantic and all of a sudden I just looked I saw the you know I saw the ice flows and I said oh I didn't realise we were flying a little low I don't know anyway then they said oh we're making an emergency landing in Reykjavik someone on the plane has got, got to get this. off they're, oh, they're not yeah this. so so I'm like what I mean I just thought that oh this is typical my life this is typical of my life I'm like having this lovely new experience and it's all going very well and Hollywood is calling and uh, suddenly I'm you know emergency landing in some fucking crazy country <laughs> and so we get off at Reykjavik airport and Ruby Wax the the, the American TV, uh, you know, chat show host and a comedian. She was on the plane as well because she was going to America to interview uh, Tammy Faye Baker for her show. But because it was for the BBC, she was back in economy. She was furious. <laughs> and uh, she's furious and envious of my first class thing. Anyway, we, I, I went on in, on in, in Reykjavik Airport. We sort of ran around with our film crew filming things and just sort of passing in time because I didn't know what else to do. And I remember we took, we were in this souvenir shop and they actually had fossilised fossilized seagull poop on a plinth. What? That was a, that was a, yes, that was a, that was the thing you could buy as a memento of Iceland. <laughs> I think that's just the hilarious thing ever. Did you buy some at so anyway, No, I didn't buy oh, it, no. Um, but so then we get back on the plane and they say to us, well, we can't go all the way to Los Angeles because you know, the pilots have flown too long. It's too many hours. So what we're going to do is fly to Maine. I was like, where's Maine? <laughs> and uh, we're going to spend the night there. And then so, you know, I just think, all right. So I just got on the plane. More drinks, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Get off at Maine. I see that. And there's all these buses. There's like a swanky, lovely, luxurious bus for the people in first class. And it's sort of like, you know, trucks to take the people in the car. It was, it's very, it was very class conscious, this, our modes of transport. I get chatting to Ruby Wax's crew and, and things like that, blah, blah, blah. And I, I get on a bus. I get on the wrong bus and I go to the wrong hotel. Ruby miraculously ends up in my swanky hotel <laughs> and thing. So I'm, I, I'm with them and I'm in this hotel and I think, oh, this doesn't seem right, but oh, well, whatever. But then I thought, oh, gosh, you know, I didn't have a mobile phone. I didn't know. I, I, no it was one those did. days, you know, yeah. you just used to get on planes and just hope that someone would be there to pick you up. You didn't. That's what you did. I didn't have any contact things it was the it was the it was nighttime in london so i you know, i couldn't call my agents i didn't know what to do and was and i, I freaking I was out to... on the other end probably i don't i don't recall this no i don't think you were because this is what happened so i was i was sitting i would dinner with the crew and i remember i came back to the hotel our sort of budget hotel and uh 
I said to the man, did anyone call for me? And he went, no. Like it was like, scoffed at the idea that someone's going to call. And uh, so then I, and I was just lying in my bed thinking, this is a nightmare. And I, I remember panicking that, you know, because it was going to, I'm going to have to stay an extra night. And it was like, I was supposed to be in the studio the next day. And then the film, it was, and then there was one day after that. And then it had to be, it was like the, what do you call it? It was, the, it was locked. The film was going to be locked two days and I thought oh my god you know the whole thing's ruined um I was just having a total panic attack and the, and, and I was the phone rang and I, and I went hello and, and they went hi Alan I, I'm from uh, Warner Brothers uh, travel department I believe you're having a little bit of trouble I said yes yes I've had a terrible time you know we crash landed not crash landed but emergency landed in Reykjavik and they said, uh, I said and the pilots uh, you know they're too tired we can't go so I'm getting on this plane tomorrow to LA and they went don't get on that plane I was like what, what? and they went they went, there is a car outside waiting for you. And like, I pulled the curtain back. There was a limo outside waiting for me. It was like a James Bond film. What? And I was like, and they went, get in this car. And there's a, pl- a flight to LA and, and like leaves in 55 minutes. Get on that flight and blah, blah, blah. So I got on this United flight. I, I just like said to the, I said to the Ruby's crew guys, I was like, I've got to go quick. Ruby can have my seat in first class for the next leg of the thing. I, I <laughs> Did she ever say thank you? <laughs> Yes, yes, because, oh gosh, wait till I get to the end of the story. Oh, this is a good story. So <laughs> I get to, so they, I get there that night. Uh, I don't actually spend the night in Maine. I get there late at, uh, uh, in, and go to my hotel, taken to my hotel. And then, the, so the next day, it's as though nothing happened. You know what I mean? I just, I just uh, was up the next morning. So from my perspective, worked. nothing happened. No, I don't think so. But you came in so wild I eyed. Then, I do remember that. It was pretty. It was pretty yeah. traumatic. Yeah. And then we did some work, and uh, I, I remember. I just remember going to into the gates of Warner Brother Studios, and there was a huge, big poster for Black Beauty outside outside Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. It was really exciting. I felt like I was in a movie of my own life. Do you know what I mean? It was a really. Was, I'd never been to LA, but never been to America before. Never been to LA. Here I was in Hollywood going through the gates of Warner Brothers and I was actually working at Warner Brothers. And the rest of your life for... has been like that. The rest okay, of your dove, life yeah. has been a movie of your life. It is. It's, I do, do, do feel like that, yeah. Uh-huh. All these things happen and I'm just like, this is like... I, I mean, I, the good thing is I still find it surreal. Yes, and bonkers. indeed. And at the same time, I, I'm, it's my life. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's interesting. I think that's, the, that's you know, one of the reasons is that I, because I hadn't ever been in America or in Hollywood until I was like 30. I had a whole life and a whole experience before that. So mm-hmm. anyway, so d- d- I was supposed to be interviewing you. Uh, <laughs> so about, about, uh, about a year later or something, I was on Ruby's, uh, Ruby Wax's show. Uh, and it was a show where you had dinner. It was me, Martin Sherman, who wrote Bent, which I went on to do in the West End. And Olympia Dukakis, who sadly just, no longer with us and Ruby and we all you sit and have dinner and you chat and blah, blah. and Ruby starts talking about this trip and about how she because when when we got to Reykjavik she she'd had a Polaroid and was taking Polaroids of like you know people sleeping and things like that and doing all these terrible things and she said to me when when uh, we got off she goes you may be in first class but I got a better view of the stiff and she showed me a picture, a Polaroid she'd taken of this man attached to a gurney being taken off the aeroplane. <laughs> what? She's terrible. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and anyway, uh, we were she was, we were talking about this story, and I said, I wonder whatever happened to that man. I wonder if he was all right. She went, Well, do you know what? And she went back to London after interviewing Tammy Faye Baker, and she had dinner with her 
our husband and our, our father-in-law and our dad was talking about one of his friends was on a plane and he had some new medication and you know had a you know and he said you know you know it's terrible really I had a glass of red wine took my medication next thing I know I wake up in a bloody hospital in Reykjavik <laughs> and he just <laughs> so the guy got taken off the plane it was Ruby's father-in-law's best friend oh, that is hilarious. How long do horses live? Well, Chester, my first horse, lived to be 40, which is... Wow. Nowadays, not as extraordinary, but when he lived to be 40, it was quite extraordinary. Uh, Whitney, my quarter horse, is in her mid-20s now. They don't live that long, and she's very, very gray, and who knows? Ponies, like Evie and and now Lily, they live to be 50. So it really depends on the breed and on on the, you know way they're cared for of course but mostly yeah 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 you used to have this amazing ranch in ojai mm-hmm. like when i first met you you had you, you, you had this place in burbank and uh in mr edville to... mr edland we kept we kept horses in our gardens as if they were our swimming oh, that's right like at that the bottom of the garden yeah yeah mm-hmm. i forgot we about that that's right to the big park so there was hundreds of miles of riding trails in there so and there's a sort of a little lane at the bottom of your garden where all the all the little stables went mm-hmm. out onto it where mm-hmm. you took your that's right mm-hmm. and then you were making you're building this place in Ojai and I came with you I remember like being I, I, I stayed in that house before it was redone mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> yes I remember it birthday. well <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you referring to I'm not telling <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a, a I think pool? I had an inflatable alligator called Oh Ash. yes, that's right. <laughs> yes, that's right. You did and I did a sexual act on it. When you weren't there. When, when I wasn't there, there and then Aggie was no more, so <laughs> Well I broke it. Yes. I broke the sexual act. I mean I well, broke no, the No, you didn't alligator. break the sexual you broke the you broke the inflatable <laughs> alligator. I didn't realise that. Oh I forgot that part. <laughs> oh my god. Well, we had so Ladies. many adventures. <laughs> I know. But you had this magical uh, ranch you made in the guest house uh, of which there was one room that had a, you made this sign up saying the Alan Cumming room. And I went there so many times. I actually wrote, I've had, I, I think of it, it was so fondly. I, I wrote my first book, a lot of it there. I wrote yeah. a lot of the anniversary party with Jennifer. She, we, we did. You came up with the idea for the, the anniversary party, I, I think, in that guest house. I think we did. Yeah, yeah, in that big hot tub. Oh, that's yeah, that's right. Anyway. I wasn't there, but that's what you told no, me. No, but me and Jennifer in the hot tub. And Jane. And Jane Adams, yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. We came, oh, then we, had, we were there for an earthquake at your house. Because it was like, it was a great earthquake. In Ojai? It was a Yes, Caroline, this was such fun. I mean, it sounds awful, but I actually loved being in an earthquake. Oh, yeah, we just there had was, one we yesterday in, here. Did you really? Mm-hmm. A big one? No, but enough to go like, oh, and then for people like, oh, that was an earthquake. And then the adrenaline starts. But that happened. Yeah. But this is a huge one. You slept through it. I remember it was quite late at night and Jane and I may have been stoned. And so we were uh, sitting on the sofa in the guest house. Yes. (laughs) And uh, all of a sudden this thing started banging. And I thought it was her dog's tail banging against the, you know, wagging her tail and it was hitting against the sofa. But then it wasn't. And then the sofa's moving and then like the floor was like, it was like a wave. And the 
the light big chandelier thing was spinning and spinning and spinning and this Ooh. crazy noise and what? it was a really big one How really could I have huge slept we were like that? you just i mean i don't know if it was maybe it was different because you were up the hill in the other house or something but and then all the doors were couldn't close all the doors the next day jennifer slept through it too actually but but <laughs> but what i was going to say was that place was sort of like uh there was earthquakes there was mudslides there was floods it was it was really perilous living there wasn't it well the oddest thing is that the day I moved out, um, there was never a key to my house. I mean, it was remote enough that we never locked the doors, never shut the windows, never did anything. I went there. I went back to get my last things, and mm. the house was locked up tight. Locked, 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 locked. The guest house, which um, I had left locked up tight, was wide open, and the air conditioning was blasting. It was like, it was as if the place was saying, you know, okay, fine, screw you, you're leaving. I mean, it was really, what? I mean, so what many they... people felt spirits there. I mean, there were people who wouldn't sleep in that guest house, especially in the mother's room, um, because they they sensed spirits there. I mean, a week after I left, a saddle appeared on a saddle rack on the guest house patio, porch, the front porch. Wow. Out of like, I don't know. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a magical and haunted, but, but benign to me until that last day. Um, what, so, because I, I thought you meant like the new people who bought it had locked the doors no, and you couldn't no, get. No, 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 no. This the house had sort of the locked house had itself, done it itself, and and um, the caretaker wow. said, "Walk away. I'm going to break in." I used to break into houses in Mexico City. I know how to do this. When I. <laughs> 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 Good to know. So the next thing you know, he's got the front door open. But no, no, the place just was like, it was really vivid and very clear. But the most animal magical thing I ever saw there was there were two male bobcats during reading season down by the horse arena, shrieking at each other, like ah! literally face to face, shrieking at each other. I walked straight up mm. to them and said, get out of here and clap my hands totally ignored me it was as if i were invisible they were they stayed there shrieking and shrieking and shrieking at each other doing their you know their man this is my territory thing and i just walked, I went like oh well whatever and just walked away <laughs> oh my god and you had mountain lions as well didn't you we did but that's so there was a mountain lion in the horse corral next to my old horse just standing there and they seemed to be good friends but i thought hmm. to myself I don't like this. So that's when we got our big dog, Reno, who was Husky Labrador Wolf. And, wow. and Reno um, marked about, I don't know how many acres. It's hard to judge when you're standing in the middle of it. But I would say, you know, like a three acre, five acre perimeter around the main part of the ranch. And that was like his, his land and no one should cross it. And they didn't. No animal, no, we used to have bears raiding the barn. We used to have the mountain lion. We used to have bobcats. We used to have deer, you know, all sorts. But after he marked his territory, nobody came through it until he got older. And when he got older, uh, they started to come back through it. They could it sense it. Fascinating. It was really fascinating. So then we moved and bought him a new house. <laughs> <laughs> And what about all the, the 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 sort of natural disasters? It was it seemed like from, you know, being your friend and what you just seemed that like every year there seemed there was drought, there was 
was like pestilence and locusts. <laughs> well, I remember almost. coming. I had to come and get you and Grant down. The dry the, the driveway was a mile long to the main road, and so I remember I had to come down. We had just had a big mudslide or rainstorm or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that ranch was uh, at the uh, in a valley of its own at the bottom of the mountains, and so it was estimated that a million acres of rainwater dumped onto our place. So when that happened, um, the last big one was 2005, I think. And um, I mean, literally it was just like a river and all the infrastructure just went to shit. But you know, what's, what's odd and you may have this experience from your own place um, in the country those are the most vivid times, you know, you think like, Oh my God, another disaster. And actually those, those are the times when you feel most alive in a, in the oddest yes. kind of way. So we were trapped in there. One, the, the, one of the disasters, we did get a mudslide that blocked our entrance and exit to the place. It was the length of a football field, six feet high, covered the road and we were out of whiskey. And so our friend, oh my God, I, I know, fuck me. So our friend, <laughs> our friend, Crystal, who you may remember, who rode down the, the street, mm. she she's cross country on her horse with a giant bottle of Bushmills and heaved it across <laughs> the, the churning river <laughs> to land softly in the mud and be the hero of our experience. <laughs> oh, my God, that's hilarious. Yeah. Priorities. Whatever. Billing. Exactly. Well, we had food. It was just we didn't have the, the great necessities. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another uh, sort of disastrous thing to happen around that uh, property was that one time I was coming to visit. It was actually my birthday. Oh God! And it was yes. in the. It was in January. Obviously, it was when my birthday is. And in uh, people don't, might not know this in California, it rains a lot in January. And then one of the things that happens is that or used to yeah. One of the things that happened was that all the oil and things that were sort of on the road that was just kind of caked in with the heat, the, the the water would sort of all churn up and so it became incredibly slidey. Not just sort of watery slidey, but sort of oily, sli- oily watery slidey. It's a phenomenon peculiar to Southern California, I think. Uh, anyway, so I was driving up and at that place called... What's Santa it called? Paula. Santa, Santa Paula. Mm-hmm. I was just like, la la, driving up to car and I said... In the, in the night, lots of rain, and the person in front of me, you know, braked late, and I pushed my brakes, and I just slid into the back of them. And I just thought, oh, you think, oh gosh, I'm rear, I'm going to rear end this person. Well, it kind of was more dramatic than I thought because the uh, I crashed into them, and the airbags came out, and it was a, it was a huge deal. And what was hilarious, there was wine on the, I had bottles of wine I was taking up for you was in the back seat. So, and I just, you know, when an accident happens, there's that moment you think, oh, this is happening. And then it happened and you're like, what, what happened? And I remember the you airbags had went off. too, I recall. I did. And big, huge bruise across where the seatbelt oh, right. was across my chest. But that, you know, the airbag comes out and it's, and it's sort of gunpowder, the air, and so I thought there was fireworks and there was, so there was booze, the smell of booze because all the glass, the wine bottles smashed uh, and then there was f- the smell of fireworks and I was like, ooh, a party. I remember thinking that. <laughs> and I'd been in a car crash. <laughs> and then everything all happened so quickly like the, the firemen came, the police came, the ambulance came and they kept saying, are you okay? And I said, yes. And I said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to see my friend Caroline. So they called you and you came to get me and 
and and it was all you know I was just I was embarrassed and I didn't I sort of you know they said we're going to take they gave me a little card where they to the garage where they were taking the car they'd pulled the car away it was kind of a write off almost and they did all the things and little marks in the road and I remember I was just sitting on on I, was, I said no I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and I was sitting on a little wall by the road just looking at these little marks on the road where this thing had happened it started to rain so I'm sitting in the rain and this kid just drives up on his bike and goes are you the guy who was in the crash? And I'm like, yes. And just and he's like, oh, and just biked <laughs> off again. <laughs> and then you arrived. I was really, I think I was in shock. You were. Mm-hmm. Was I? You were. But also, mind you, these are the days when you routinely scraped up cars because you, you, you had just started driving in America. I mean, oh. uh, this was prior to Buddy. And on Buddy, I don't know how many cars Steve had to get you, but a few. <laughs> I did have a couple of scrapes. Mm. I, too, I remember when right. you came I'm, up oh, to do my, you know what it was? When you came up to my 40th birthday party, <laughs> it was like on the offside. And trust me, I know this because whenever I drive in Ireland, the offside is always scraped up by the hedgerow. So on the yeah. offside of the American car, <laughs> it's like it looked like Godzilla. It's great. <laughs> the length of it. <laughs> I remember that we we lived in this that little apartment building, and getting out of the garage was a challenge every morning. <laughs> you know, the undergrad. I, I remember I had a few times of that. And, oh, uh, but but yeah, and then but you came and got me, and it was actually the best thing I think possible to happen because you just took me to this part to this restaurant. I know for a dinner. Poor me, poor wee man. You just, I, I know it was horrible. I don't, I, I to this day regret doing that to you because you just oh. sat there in total, uh, your eyes were dilated and shock and you were just, you were just, you were just like stunned. And I thought, Oh my God, what have I done? But what, I mean, what else would you do? Like put me to bed, but I actually think it was quite a good thing. Cause it just immediately, like I've had, a, I've had a, uh, another car crash and actually I, uh, fairly recently and I, you know, we were supposed to have people coming over that night for dinner. And Grant, you know, when I got home, Grant said it was again just a, I just slid. There was no other cars involved, and I just it was in the snow this time, and I and uh, crashed. And uh, I, I, but actually, I said no. Let's just. I think it'll be good. I just want to not have to. I think having something else to think about yeah. after something like that is, you know, is, is 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 was good. Fair enough. But do you know that was like that? Um, so don't feel bad about it. <laughs> All right. But that car that I smashed up, I I'd also ticked the wrong box. Oh, I'm a bit this. of a ditz when you put all these stories are just me being a total ditz when I think about it. I I ticked the wrong box at the insurance or something, and oh. I had to pay for the entire car. I remember and it was, that. It was and it was one of these things, and it went on for ages mm-hmm. uh, with the insurance company and everything like this. And I remember one time it was at the law the 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 the, the I had lawyers. Why did I have lawyers? Was it the rent? I can't remember. Or was I being sued by the? I was being sued by the people a year to the a year to the day, uh, minus one day after the crash. The people in who I'd crashed into sued me for, uh, you know, hurting their neck or something. So it was all the the, oh the rental lawyers and everything. And I was making a film in Prague, and I was about to go to New York and work there and everything. And and it finally was resolved after this long, long time. And the, the, my lawyers, the rental company lawyers, we got so close and we'd talk so often. They used to send me clippings of myself 
He used to mail me clippings from American newspapers and magazines. <laughs> and when it finally, when it finally so finished, weird. and I was, it's so crazy. And when it finally finished and it was all resolved and it was all done, they said, you know, Alan, oh, it's such a shame this is coming to an end. We're going to miss you. I was like, I'm not going to miss you. This has been a horrible experience of, <laughs> of this car crash. Well, I told you, you were the most fun person, maybe not just in Hollywood, but in the world. Everybody the wants car a piece business. of you, darling. <laughs> And thank you for inviting me to have a piece of you today. Uh. I want to say I want to apologize for having had sex on your inflatable alligator and breaking it. Oh, it's way too late for that, darling. (laughs) (laughs) And also, you know, the other thing I want to thank you for was many things for being in lovely films and being my friend, but also... I'd never seen a mariachi band before until I till your fortieth birthday. It was Just special. So great. Yeah, it, it really was. was. Great. What are you doing now, Caroline? What are you up to? So I as I said, I paint. I, I've been so, pa- I've been painting well. So I have two preferred subjects. Dead people and dogs in bed. Oh. So and and then now I've just sort of I mean he, he, Here's what I meant about getting nicer is is now I've just started to, to doing portraits of friends' dogs, not necessarily in bed, because it puts a big smile on their face. And, mm. and you know, usually my job in life is to shock people and upset them, but I, I've discovered the joy of making them happy. So um, I've been doing That's these nice. lovely little portraits of, so you should send me a picture of Lala and I'll do you a portrait or of Honey. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, they're, they're actually that. quite good. I'll say, I'll, you know, it's it. it I'd painting, love to see them. Painting is something I always, always, always wanted to do. I had a traumatic experience as a five-year-old where I painted a penguin at kindergarten, and mm. uh, the teacher was in awe. You know, grabbed it and ran down the hallway to the principal and said, "Look at this!" And everybody came, and all the grown-ups came and were like staring at me like I was some kind of magic wonder child. And I took my penguin painting home. To my mother, and she looked at it and she said, Oh, that's nice, dear. And she crumpled it up and threw it in the trash. What? Yeah. Not a sentimental person there. She was just overwhelmed, you know. I mean, I'm not, I, I, but at any rate, it squashed my confidence as a, as a visual I'm artist. Sure. Uh, and, but it's something I've always, always, always wanted to do in the back of my mind. So I do it now. And I'm, you, I'm actually quite, that- quite good at it to be. If I may say so, I bet. Um, Have you painted a penguin? No, I don't think I can. <laughs> <laughs> it's too soon. It's too it's just it's too traumatic. But but so, so dead I, people and people uh, dogs. What about dead dogs? I have a dead dog ready to paint. Uh, I haven't done it yet. Um, so the dead people are, generally speaking, either accident victims or police photos oh from the nineteen twenties. Shut up. Oh my god, Caroline. <laughs> so hilarious. They are they're so I mean, they they are um, <laughs> I'll have to send you pictures. So anyway, so they're uh Where do you get these pictures of of I would just look around for them and, and there is a um I haven't painted one of Ouija's crime photos, but there was a famous crime photographer in the twenties in New York called Ouija. Mm. Um and I and and so I've been nosing around doing him. And plus Steve had a friend who was a crime photographer in New York City uh, during, Uh 
I don't know, the 70s or the 80s. So I have a whole stack of his stuff to paint if I want. Oh, so you've, um, got a lot of, you've got a lot of source material. Yes. I mean, I, you know, when it's, if it's truly, I like it when it's, so the reason I like painting dead people is I love the feeling of gravity and it's not, it's not the gore, but, what, but it's sort of the, 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 gra- the, the heaviness of the body on the earth. Oh, I see. I'm not quite sure why I love that so much, but to, but to capture that sort of feeling of letting go, I think um, mm. there's something just that draws me to it, especially if it's, mm. you know, Wearing bloomers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm funny, but I don't. So, so I don't so, like so, to. I don't like to paint like you know, um, the gore. That's right. not what it's about. It's about. It's oh, about, it's just the, about the bodies and the. I don't know. It's a. It's a beautiful. It's a. It's shocking, but beautiful is what I. I what it's I interesting like. because because it's sort of like well that's you know I always think if you as, your a lot of your work is like like that. It's like it's it's like you know the nightmare before christmas or something you know that those stories that are really like like old grim fairy tales they're lovely and they've got the things but they're also really scary and dark and then i i that's me i mean that's you you know people ask like why would you do black beauty but black beauty is a is a deep and sad and scary story yeah ginger dies people spoiler alert (laughs) it's traumatic and beauty goes so much difficulty in fire it's right. awful abused yeah. uh, but also like you know in your, I remember in your house and we, when you moved from the ranch you sent us that amazing doll that you said to us what would you would you like something from the house and I, I asked for this picture which I've got in Scotland it's beautiful uh, the, the, uh, the elephant yeah the yeah. dog it's like an elephant yeah yeah the, it's a William and, Wegman William Wegman yeah mm-hmm. and then Grant said about this doll which is it's the little it's the little a little girl sort of Mexican girl doll, but when you lift up her dress, she's got a little penis. Well, here's what one of my favorite things you've ever said in my life, which is, you, when Grant came to visit the first time, you said, "Don't admire anything; she'll give it to you." <laughs> and, I was right, and yeah. indeed, indeed, he admired that that little Mexican. I think it's you know women. It's a Victorian. Oh yeah, that was long before you moved. Wasn't yes, it? You and gave it was a that. We had that for a while. Yeah, you know, it was a Victorian thing to dress boys. In, in dresses. So I don't think that, that the illusion was that oh, it was a not... girl. It was just a... a oh, it, I see. It was a toddler. Who's it, been sort of dressed as a girl. Dressed, well, dressed in dresses. I don't... I, I You know, and my friends now... Right, yeah. With their little boys, they, they have these like sort of long Prince Valiant hair. There's some other new thing going on with androgyny, I guess it is, so... Mm. And you know, androgyny is my middle name, so I, there I go. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it makes sense then. The sort of death and animals, darkness yeah. and animals, and now that's in, that's your new yeah. your new um, sort of career as a painter. Yes, and I and and I can't I'm, wait. I can't right. wait to see you and uh, have more fun and to go on another trip and indeed maybe procure some new items for uh, for us to laugh at over the years so thank you so much for taking a trip down memory lane with me today Caroline. my pleasure my darling i love you i love you too i'll talk to you soon bye well thank you for joining me ladies and gentlemen and those who don't define us either i'll see you next time for another alan cummings shelves Alan Cumming Shelves is hosted by me, Alan Cumming, duh, and produced by the lovely Jack Claremont. 
We are part of the ACAST Creator Network and the Crowd Network too. We just love networks. Another Crowd Network podcast to check out is... Unaccountable. It's a podcast fighting for police accountability in the United States. It's a podcast that tells the stories of innocent people who've been killed by the police, just like George Floyd, but also people like Mohammed Muhaimin, Shacey House and Carrie Illidge. And so many more you haven't heard about, but you really should have. The stories can be difficult to listen to, but this could be the most important podcast you'll ever hear. It's a podcast fighting for change, and we need to join that fight. Just search for Unaccountable in your podcast app now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 